Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 36 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Section 3. Rules to Judge of Uprightness That you may rightly judge whether you are upright or no, first, take certain rules for direction to rectify your judgment, then observe the marks of uprightness. First, uprightness being part of sanctification is not fully perfect in any man in this life, but is mixed with some hypocrisy, conflicting one against the other. It has its degrees, sometimes more, sometimes less, in some things more, in some things less, according as each part prevails in the opposition, and according as the Christian grows or decays in other principal and fundamental graces. Secondly, a man is not to be called an upright man or an hypocrite because of some few actions wherein he may show uprightness or hypocrisy. For an hypocrite may do some upright actions in which he does not dissemble, though he cannot be said to do them in uprightness, as Jehu destroyed the wicked house of Ahab and the idolatrous priests of Baal with all his heart, 2 Kings 10. And the best man may do some hypocritical and guileful actions as in the matter of Uriah, David did, 1 Kings 15.5. It is not the having of hypocrisy that denotes an hypocrite, but the reigning of it which is, when it is not seen, confessed, bewailed, and opposed. A man should judge of his uprightness rather by his will, bent, and the inclination of his soul and good desires, and true endeavors to well-doing in the whole course of his life, than by this or that particular act, or by his power to do. David was thus esteemed a man according to God's own heart, no otherwise, rather by the goodness of the general course of his life, etc., than by particular actions, for in many things he offended God and polluted his soul and blemished his reputation. Thirdly, although uprightness is to be judged by the inward frame of the heart towards God, yet wheresoever uprightness is, it will show itself in men's actions in the course of their lives. James 2, 18. Only observe this, that in judging your actions, you must not judge them so much by the greatness of the quantity as by the soundness and goodness of the quality. 
If it be good in truth, according to the measure of grace received, God accepts it in Christ, 2 Corinthians 8.12. She has done what she could, saith our Savior, Mark 14.8. A little sound and true fruit, though weak in comparison, is far better than many fair blossoms, yea, than plenty of grapes, if they be wild and sour. Section 4. Particular Marks of Uprightness That you may conceive more distinctly and better remember the signs of uprightness, I reduce them to these heads. They are taken, number one, from universality of respect to all God's will, number two, from a special respect to such things as God requires especially. Number three, from a will and desire to please God in one place as well as another, in secret as well as openly. Number four, from a constancy of will to please God at one time as well as another, Number five, from the true causes from whence good actions flow. Number six, from the effects that follow well-doing. Number seven, from the effects that follow evil-doing. Number eight, from the conflict which shall be found between uprightness and hypocrisy. First, the upright man is universal in his respect to the whole will of God. Psalm 119.6 One, in an unfeigned desire and endeavor to know what manner of man he ought to be and what he ought to do. Psalm 119.33-34 He would know and believe any one part of God's will, so far as it may concern himself, as well as another, threats, as well as promises, commandments, as well as either, and that not some, but all the threats, all the promises, and all the commandments, coming to the light readily, that his deeds may be made manifest, John three twenty one. He is willing to know and believe what he should do, as well as what he should have and hope for. But the hypocrite does not so. He winks with his eyes and is willingly ignorant of that sin which he would not leave. Matthew thirteen fifteen. 2 Peter 3, 5, and of that duty which he would not do, and of that judgment which he would not feel, he is willing to know the promises of the gospel, but willingly ignorant of the precepts of the gospel and of the conditions annexed to the promises. 2. His universal respect to God's will 
is not only to know, but to do and to submit unto it in all things, willing to leave and shun every sin, willing to do everything which he knows to be his duty, willing to bear patiently, thankfully, and fruitfully every correction wherewith the Lord does exercise him. He dislikes sin in all. He loves grace and goodness in all. He would keep a good conscience in all acts of religion towards God, Acts twenty four sixteen, and in all acts of righteousness and sobriety towards and amongst men. He would forbear not only those sins to which his nature is not so much inclined or to which his condition in life affords not so many temptations, but those to which his nature and condition of life most carry him. He will cross himself in his dearest lust, especially his formerly beloved sin, his own sin, as David calls it, Psalm 18.23. Neither does he endeavor to abstain from those vices which may bring loss and are out of credit, which human laws punish and all men cry out against, but such as, through the iniquity of the times, are in countenance with the greatest and practiced by most. The forbearance whereof may threaten and procure danger and discredit. Daniel 3.18, Acts 4.19. The doing whereof may promise and promote much worldly gain and honor. Moreover, the upright man does not only strive to do those holy and virtuous actions which are in credit and for his advantage in the world, but those also which may expose to disgrace and loss, even of his life and livelihood. Daniel 6.10 He would abstain as well from less evils, even from appearance of evils, 1 Thessalonians 5.22, as from gross sins, and would so do the greater things of the law as not to leave the other undone. Matthew 23.23 But the hypocrite does not so. Mark 6.20-27 There is some sin he will not leave, some duty he will not do, etc. Follow the opposition. Secondly, an upright man is known by this. Where God has laid a special charge, there he will have a first and special respect to it, as to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6.33 That one thing necessary, Luke 10. 42, and to show a special love to the household of faith. Galatians 6.10, Psalm 16.2, to be first and most at home, 
reforming himself, pulling the beam out of his own eye. Matthew 7, 5. To be most zealous for matter of substance in religion and less in matter of ceremony and circumstance. Matthew 23, 23. Lastly, his chief care will be to apply himself to a conscientious discharge of the duties of his particular calling. Luke 3, 10 through 14. 1 Thessalonians 4, 11. Knowing that a man has no more conscience nor goodness in truth than he has will and desire in it to show the works of his particular place and calling. The hypocrite is contrary in all these. The hairs on your arm. This concludes episode 36 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk. Will you partake of that last offered cup?